one. Yes, dude. Number one. Take take that crown, fasten that on that. Boom, baby. I know sometimes we play like a little, just the tip of number one, and then mm. we get there, and then we let them have it, and, we get, and then next thing you know, the Timberwolves are acting like they're hot shit. Cat is putting up 62 and a loss and something, you know, but, you know, my point is, at this stage right now, do you think we can hang on to the number one seed? Um... Well, I mean, in order for us to truly understand that, we got to look at our numbers. I mean, we got to really get to the dive into the numbers and understand where we're where we're at as a team right now. Um, and that's where I, I get excited about because if you look at just what we're doing right now on offense, um, it's incredibly insane. I mean, that's not even talking about our defense. That's just that's just the numbers on our offensive level. And let's just get into that because I really want to like talk about that. But last night was the 16th game of the season that we had 30 or more assists, Mark. Damn. Put that in perspective. You know what the old Thunder record was? I'm probably guessing two. 12. Yeah, uh, it had well, two in it, so you're good. Think right. about that. 12. We, and we're not even half. We just finished halfway through the season. This team is passing the ball, cutting, moving around. I mean, everything is happening on such a great level. You got Shea going 30-plus. 10 assists and five rebounds in back-to-back games. You know, five plus rebounds in back-to-back. This is yeah. this is an insane level. Like we haven't seen a team that's been able to output what they're doing um on a regular basis. Like it's unheard of to be able to have this many uh 30 plus assists in a, a game through halfway through the season. And if you start putting into context of what this team is doing, it's 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 everything. Everything that you and I used to dream about with this team. Everything. Like, yeah. we would sit there in the dark nights. Even last year when we only won 40 games, there was a lot of dark nights. And we'd sit there and be like, look at the visionary of this team. This team is best when they're passing the ball and getting 25-plus assists a game. And if that's happening on a regular basis, this team's going to be insane, you know? And then we're talking about the defensive level. And, and, and yes, as much as we want to just focus on the offense and just, digging on the offense and it, because it's amazing, you know, as, as equally to that is our defense and people are, are stopping and they're saying like circling, like I was looking at the numbers, right? So the best, best bet in the NBA to win a championship right now is the Oklahoma city thunder. Hmm. Because like, I think they're like, um, um, 1600. And then you have like the Lakers at like twelve hundred, right? And then you have you know the top two teams, the East, uh, which would be the Celtics, and then you have um, um, the Nuggets up there, right? So like at six hundred, eight hundred, uh, whatever. So like that gives you a context of where people are still not buying in on the Thunder. And when that changes, it's going to be because the Oklahoma City Thunder hold that first, you know, first position, right? And they hold it, and it's like two or three games back are the other teams. And, and we've been saying it a lot is the, the, the Timberwolves, we said all season, they're posers. You know, we personally believe that the Clippers are posers to an extent. And this is why I, I, I constantly go back to this, Mark. You many games they have in March? How many? 17. 17 games in March. That's not going to go. Followed by eight games in April. Short amount of time in April to have eight games. Mm-hmm. So their schedule is fucked at the very end. 
And that's where we're just coming back and we're looking at our schedule and I'm saying, you know, we've got a nice little, yes, 15 games, but it's not crazy 15 games. You look at the Clippers, man, like 10, 10 of the 17 games are against top playoff contenders. Like they've got a shit to go through in order to even get to that level. And then you start looking at the Golden State Warriors and they have a similar record. They have 17 games. In, in March, you know, you start recognizing like some of these teams, like they're not even getting to the bad stretch of their, their record. And, and they're still trying to hold their heads above water. So for me, it's just recognizing where this team's at, where this team's going and why can we consistently go and win these games? And do you think like you asked me, do you, I think that this team continue the way they're going? Yes. Everything points to it as yes. If we stay injury free, there's not a, a team that's going to be able to stick with, up with us when it comes to winning records and seven and two out of, or a seven and three out of 10, which is kind of the worst we've done this season. I think there's once that we went six and four once everything else has been seven and three, eight and two, a nine and one. I mean, like we've done an incredible job when it comes down to this and Mark, I'm going to throw it right back to you, but this is what's crazy about this. We've lost 13 games, right? 131. The only way or we get to 55 games is not that difficult now. We have to win 24, and we can um, lose, uh, what is it, um, 14. Think about that. 24 and 14 means that we win 55 games this year. Let that settle in. Like we've, We're 31 and 13, so we have to lose that many more games in the course of the next 38 games, dude, this is insane. We've got, we've got something special right now. 55 games is what everybody's project, projecting, but let's be honest, man, this team is prime. This team could win 60 games. A 60 win team would be something quite different than the first round of the thunder, which you kind of peeked their head into 50 wins and took a step to 55. You know what I mean? It took quite a while for them to actually but, get but to But I'm saying wins. like this team, if we stay healthy, and, and you're asking, can this team keep it up? And this right. team continues to do what they've done so far. We're at 58, 59, or 60 wins by the end of the season. I mean, think about that. If we continue what we're doing. So in the kind of the vein of what you're saying there, when we looked at the schedule for January. Sure. Even, like, we were the most optimistic Thunder fans out there by far. Oh, yeah. Sammy Dog, but, some other guys out there for sure. But nobody expected, like, none of our even kind of like sort of like unreasonable um, level of fandom could have projected this, right? Oh, we got called delusional. Like did on you multiple occasions. January, even with being delusional, did you delusionally expect January for us to move into number one? I thought by the end of January, we were top, we, if we were top four, we'd be in a really good position. That's where I was too. I felt like- Because like I looked four, at January- I never because thought. look at how many teams we played. Right, Nuggets Good twice, yeah. Wolves twice. I mean, like it's I not it easy games. We, there's back no way we, we we win enough up, games Gerald? to create anything more than top half of the of the um, playoff picture in the West. That would that would have been totally satisf- satisfactory. Like nobody would have tripped. We've been high fiving each other. Yeah, we've been like, okay, here comes a little bit of a um, a regular schedule. So to move into number one. And we have four games left, um, and there are two teams that are really important um, in the, the upcoming up. we got three Western Conference teams, but 
we got the Timberwolves on the 29th, and the 31st is the Nuggets. So yeah. I feel like we can win both of those games. Do you feel like we can win both of those games? Yeah, I, 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 when we talked about January, I think we even said it on air. I said, uh, you asked me what, what my dream would be about this team, right? And I was just like, man, if we could get like, I don't know, 12 wins out of this month, it would be huge. It would be better than anybody else. Yeah. But the fact that we're looking at we could possibly get 13 wins, that makes you think, doesn't it, man? It I mean, does. it really makes you think. If we go 13 and four in one of the most um, dangerous parts of the, the schedule for us, yeah. And then we got February, we got 11 games and a whole week off to get healthy if we have any nagging injuries. You know, like we come back the second half always way stronger after mm-hmm. the All Star break. We get another week of coaching and getting coached up by these guys. Our legs are under us. Dude, there's no stopping us. Like, there's nobody going to be able to slow us down. And, and if you want to say, well, coaches are going to do this type of defense and this type of defense, sure. But Coach D has proven that, that he knows what he's doing. You know, like, last night, game was really, really close, man. And then, boom, third quarter came out, and we put that boom on. And it was over. Like, Shea didn't even have to come out in the fourth, or come in in the fourth quarter. You know, like, nobody needed to come in that fourth quarter. It was just so bad after that. And it just shows you like the difference. Like I, I, I get it. You know, Popovich did a great job with what he has, but it shows you the difference. If we can blow out teams like that, that you know that they came in with a chip on their shoulder because they all hear all the stupid shit that people like us have been saying about them. <laughs> you suck, San Antonio. You suck balls. I hope Your you hear me, guys. Senile. Oh, Jesus man. Christ. I, I, I hope, hope I hope San Antonio people hear me because like I will echo this until I'm blue in the face. San Antonio sucks balls. They just do. And they're going to suck balls for a, a number of years until they can get a team dude, around. They like, don't just suck balls. And it makes they me so happy. Hot, sweaty Texas heat balls. Dude, do, do you hear, do you hear all of a sudden all these, like people are giving a shit when we start talking about shit about the, uh, the um, um, San Antonio fans, right? And then all of a sudden all these other um, Thunder Media people now are talking about how horrible San Antonio fans are. Like, it's crazy that we, we start stuff like that. And it's like, we're sick and tired of the San Antonio fans. And we're like, oh, we've never minded them. No, we're sick and tired of them. Like, we, we, like we, we watch a game like that last night, and it makes me laugh. It's not like, oh, poor Popovich. No, it's like, motherfuckers are suckers. And they're going to be for a while. And every single time we beat them by 35, 40 points, it's just going to make me feel better, man. Dude, their biggest mistake was letting Sam Presti walk out the front door. <laughs> Dude, they Chip England? What the? What were they doing? Letting him walk? What well, the? Like I would have, I would have said to Chip, I would have said, "What do you <clears> want? <throat> you want ten million dollars a year? You're worth it." In all like, honesty, whatever though, Sam Presti has on him right now, and he's never leaving. When you have a coach who never gives up the job, and you never promote within, like to the point where Sam Presti has to leave to go get uh, a great job, like then. But that had a lot to do with place, Bennett, bro. Bennett, I, Bennett I, I went straight I to him, though. but like. In the end, <laughs> if they had promoted within, they could have had yeah. the organization completely intact. And oh, ultimately, over. like over. Kwai hated it because there's so much pecking order and they use it. It's I know so many years people have been like, oh, Popovich's um, Air Force Academy time is, you know, was really beneficial. And he had a lot of that elements like where he would yell at any player and all this different stuff. And it was people admired it. 
But then there was a player who was a finals MVP who was like, I don't want that shit in my life anymore. And he left. And yeah. people can be like, oh, Victor wants it. But like, if I know anything about like old people, like my grandparents and stuff, like they get crankier and they yell way more as they get older. It's not like they just like stop yelling. So and I imagine he's yelling. just like, it's not fun every, yelling. They get, they get personal. Yeah. And kids, when they, when kids hear old people yelling, they just think that like that person's just like walking around yelling all day and they don't really want to be around them. Like they don't really like, Oh yeah, that's the person I want to teach you basketball. I will respect coach Popovich as being one of the greatest coaches ever, but he should have quit. He should have I mean, quit two years you know, ago. A lot of people could say the same thing about Bill, Bill Belichick, like where like, okay, like he had his run, but did he really need to get to the point where he was like, just like losing all these games at the end of his Dude, time? He's not done though. Belichick's not done. I know, but like he should have just walked that's away what, from That's what's Patriots. crazy about this is like, like Popovich is he had, if he had quit two years ago, right? He still goes out as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Now he's going to be part of this rebuild that he'll never be able to coach this team while they're in right. the finals. Never. And here's my thing. Belichick should have quit and he shouldn't coach again because if he fails spectacularly, people will, will be like, well, you know, it was a flash in the pan because he ran into Tom Brady. And he, like, that's why for me right now, what, what Popovich is doing is it's going gonna, it's gonna to be disastrous for but his that's legacy. Why if having a Victor, young coach. If Victor leaves, if he's yeah. like, I don't want to be here for this whole rebuild, then what are people going to say about Pop in the end? They'll be like, but he had his time. This goes, this goes back to Thunder, right? Having a young coach, having a young GM, having a young person that's connected to these, these guys, right, is right. everything. Is everything we we have our we have our grandpa of our of our um, coaches you know coach England right cheers to you um, but everybody else man is that young vibrant person why because when you're building a team right this is how you build it by by putting a bunch of old guys around young players it's just not the way to go and that's why Sam Presti did it better this time think about it when he first took over the organization. Who was it? Uh, that old ass uh, coach that was coaching us when he first came to the th- um, Oklahoma City, and then he like PJ PJ fired Kimmer, him. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old ass guy fired him after like what ten games or something like that, and here comes Scotty Brooks. Okay, so my point is, is that he even recognized early on that you have to have young coaches that relate to these young kids, and that's why I look at uh, uh, Coach Mark and I and I see what he's doing with this this team on offense and defense and. You're throwing in some of the best shooting, if not the best shooting, three-point line free throws on a team because Sam Presti put who? Coach England on this team. So and it's starting to see. Remember when we would ask each other? What? If you're a billionaire. Okay. And if. You, I love this game. What's up, and Sammy? you owned an NBA team. And you had to go to every game or you love going to every game. How much would you give Trip England to make that going to the game more enjoyable by your team hitting more of the baskets they shot? You know what I'd do? Well, if I was a billionaire, all, I'd be like, you get half a billion dollars. Just make sure my team hits more of the shot so I can cheer more of the game because I have to sit my stupid ass in that seat every single game no matter what. Why not cheer for mm-hmm. wins? And if you all you got to do is get somebody to, like Chip England to go from like one of the worst three-point shooting, shooting teams on the NBA to one of the best. That's enough for me. That's half a billion bucks, man. Maybe. If I'm um if I'm the person that's gonna be starting the um either um Seattle Supersonics or the new um Vegas team, right, man? 
if I'm one of those guys that are starting that one right there, I'm offering Sam Presti 5% of the team. And I'm saying to him, I'm giving you 3% to bring on the coaches that you want. Because here's the thing, man, when push comes to shove, like somebody like Sam Presti and somebody like that takes your organization from a three to $7 billion or three, I say three to $4 billion, um, you know, program to all of a sudden taking them to $10 billion, $8 billion. Because I'm telling you, if the Oklahoma City starts winning, you know, um, championships, this is going to be the most valuable organization in basketball. Because you need, we're you need so chip young. England, like you said. You need a chip. You England need chip case. England. You need a coach Mark, and you need Sam Presti. You you cannot build a team unless you have all three of those guys lined up. The nice thing about Chip is, at this stage, you can legitimately say he's worth whatever he was paid to come away from San Antonio. And if you watch what's happening with Victor Shot, you have to wonder how much they could use. Okay, I won't go there, bro. Do you think Coach I, England listen, would make Victor a legit threat from three? No, Coach England would change everything, and and this is why this is why for me, if I'm Sam Presti, like I've already sat down with Chip England, and I've already said to him, "Hey, Chip, I'm going to give you a pay raise next year, and it's going to be a big one, big time you know? bonus." And this is just because you're doing s- such an amazing job. Because at, at this point, if he lets if he, because you know, you know, he got Coach Popovich on speed dial because he spent so many years uh, with him. You know, Co- Coach Popovich is like, I'm having trouble with Victor and I need help. You know, and he's, I help. They definitely help me. Help. help me. And if, if he is for the <laughs> least bit feels that he's not appreciated in Oklahoma City, he's going to jump ship to go home because that's where his home was for 20 years. So for me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, if I'm Sam Presti, I'm like, Every fucking weekend, I'm having Coach England over to my house just to chat, just to hang out, have some beers, have some steaks, and then I'm whopping him with a, I don't know, a $3 million bonus as saying thank you because there's just no way and saying, keep it up and I'll give you another one. You know, like this is, I mean, he's worth every single penny and so much more. And if you let somebody like Shape England walk, you're going to have a, a players like take a dip and that's not something we want right now. So for me, I'm looking at this, I'm saying lock Mark Degnog on long contract, get coach England on a long contract, get these coaching staff guys on long contracts. And then on top of that, get Josh Giddy signed, get him signed on an extension right now. Do not let that guy get anywhere close to a restricted free or restricted free agent, man. Do not let it. And as fans, just enjoy the ride. Because like I mentioned at the beginning, like we haven't seen a takeover of the NBA like this in Oklahoma City ever. A lot of people want to point back to the previous version. It wasn't this good, guys. It wasn't this good for many years down the road. And when they did get this good, like as soon as they got this good, the cracks had already shown and things weren't quite able to be sustained. And so that entirely makes this experience different. It's built different with a different set of personalities that really work together. And what we're seeing happen is really special. Number one in the West, and we weren't even trying. Think about that, guys. We weren't even fucking trying. I, we, we just play. There's just no play. trying when you're just out there hustling and playing. You know, um, somebody uh, has done this, this. I was reading about it the other day. It was this test about 
if you take a bunch of people and you put a bunch of positivity and, and they're you know, basketball players and it's a bunch of, you know, they're equal to positivity and strict instructions, right? Which one wins? And it's the positivity aspect. And if you look at what we do out there and Coach D is never derogatory, never yelling, never in someone's face, never kicking chairs, never doing anything else like that. He's there with the players. He's part of that team. He's got something special connection with that. And you guys can see that. And that's what's different. That's what's different than anybody else right now in the league. Everybody else is trying to figure out how to do this. But I'm telling you, having somebody like Coach Mark changes everything. He is. And we did an episode, um, last episode, it was about Coach Mark. Uh, it was just, it was, it was one of those things where I, I take a step back and I just, as I'm watching what he's doing when a team plays us in a zone or what he does when uh, we go into a zone, like it's so next level. He understands zone plays like I've never understood or never could understood anybody understand. Like it's so next level. Every single time I break down a play that, that he recognizes that they're in a certain zone and he sticks another player out there and they stay in that zone. And then next thing you know is that we scored 12 points in that zone and they're calling timeout because they don't know what the fuck just happened. Like he's so next level. He changes a single player and injects some energy, injects some scoring and injects some defense and it changes everything instantly. It's like, Shay and uh, uh, Dort and Chet and J-Dub and Josh, they've all learned how to figure out when coach inserts that player, what they're supposed to do and what they're supposed to react on. And it just, you know, brings so much pride to me when I see somebody like Aaron Wiggins drop 22 points, man. Yeah. 22 points last night. Because he's worked so hard. He's been there. He's done everything that coaches asked for him. And he takes little time and he takes a shit ton of time. And the more time that he plays, the better we are. And those are the type of players that we're surrounded by. Why? Because these coaches have designed this team to bring in role players. And you know what? Not every single one of them is going to get playing time. Not every single one is going to do that. But when you're called because you're playing against a certain team that's going to not play you as hard as you're supposed to be played on this position, they're going to go fucking off. And then they're going to sit a couple games. And then they're going to go fucking off. Why? Role players with players like Shay, J Dub, Chet, Josh, Dort make everybody better. The weaknesses that they have become strengths. The strengths that they have become superpowers. It's insane to see Shay. It's insane to see J Dub. It's insane to see Chet when these guys are designed to go through them and the offense is supposed to go through them. So coach pitch players out there to make that individual player better. Right, We saw at the end of the game last game. Not this game, but the last game when J-Dub hit that shot. Right, He knew that they were going to double team and, and go and make sure that they had a person on Shea. So he sticks a player out there that is going to be known for shooting threes. So they can't guard J-Dub. And he can go one-on-one. That's what the play was. Get the ball to Shea if you can, but they're going to guard you one-on-one. And I believe in you. This is next level, guys. We're seeing something right now that everybody, if you're part of Oklahoma City Thunder community, you need to start getting excited. Because nothing like this has ever been done before by a professional team. We're the second youngest team in the league. And we're already being said we're the best team in the league. I know people always sit there, no, 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 no. We still got something to prove. Motherfuckers, 
halfway through the fucking season. One of the best West we've seen in years. And we're number fucking one. What else do you got? I got shit. Let it soak, baby. Let it soak. Have somebody jump on that bed and have some fun, baby.